Welcome back, everyone, to Shot of Culture, Queer Tales over Kava and Tequila Sips. I'm your co-host, Lala, and I'm here with... Pilo G. Pilo G. We got another great show today. Tell us who's on the show. Yeah, we're going to do the Valentine's Day edition. Ooh. Yeah. It's- so we've got, uh, you know, very lucky. Thank you. Um, we have Malia Spaniel here of Mother Bar San Francisco, obviously a proud San Franciscan, um, has been a pillar in the community, business owner, obviously bar owner. So please welcome Malia to the show. How's it going, guys? <laughs> welcome. Welcome. Um, it's so good to be here. It's so good to be. We're recording in Mother Bar, which is an amazing location. It has so much historical significance here. Um, and we'll get into that as we kind of get into this show. But Malia, what was your motivation to open Mother Bar in the first place? Uh, well, um, I think there's like four main points. And the one was COVID sort of taking away all the community that I desperately craved Dan had no idea until it was gone um two was my friend Chloe because of COVID started pulling up all her old pictures that she was she had taken of the dyke scene from San Francisco from the 90s to 2000s and they were beautiful and she had a you know an art opening and people flew in from all over the country and we you know we reconnected and we I got to really you know remember what we had and how we had it and how good it was and then um third thing was my girlfriend and i started researching all the women's bars that have existed in san francisco and i thought there'd be maybe be like 10 of them but there's so little information and the list we're working on is up to i think 50 and we're just talking since world war ii and um and so digging through the archives you see all these places and how they are important to people um, th- through the years and um, and then the last thing was I started you know going back out after COVID and you know to the bars in my neighborhood and just r- really did not feel safe I mean these are my bars I've been going to these bars for 30 years yeah. and it's like I'm getting harassed by men I'm getting harassed by women my friends are getting harassed and um, I just really wanted a space you know Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, I think the pandemic, right, was just such a huge thing for all of us. Yeah. And um, to open a bar in amongst the pandemic, it, it almost is like, wow, what a what a unique thing to do and think about during a time when everyone was like sheltering. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It, I mean, it's it's a little insane, but <laughs> yeah. here we are. Yeah. You talked about, um, you know, a number of different bars and establishments, you know, growing up, obviously, in the 90s. Um, were there any in particular that um kind of shape the, the vision of what you wanted to do were, were there some that were memorable because I you know at some point I felt like it was so women-centric and we'd be in San Francisco we'd ride down to San you know San Jose like there was just and we haven't seen that lately uh, it, do you recall like you know uh, events that you really enjoyed you know I have been working in bars for far too long and anywhere I go in any bar, I'm always looking around and trying to pull inspiration. Like, you're always getting inspiration. And you're always seeing what works and what, what doesn't work and what you appreciate and what you don't. And um, so a lot of bars have sort of inspired yeah. this one. Yeah. 
Definitely. And I, mean, I, th- I think, you know, the historical significance of this place, too, that's the big thing. Because I remember it as Esta Noche, right? Yes. Like, that's the mm-hmm. bar that yeah. I went to. And it was really inclusive. I know it was more for, like, um, gay men, I guess, is kind of like gay Latin men. But for me, like, I found it to be very inclusive. And I went in here with my partner all the time, you know? And so when it closed down, it was just, like, such a hurt in the community as well. Yeah. I mean, a lot of bars have closed down. Yes. So a yes. lot of spaces in general yeah, yeah. yeah. I think one of the big ones that we remember for lesbian right was the Lexington yes which I thought was very detrimental like I was like oh shit we're we're losing mm-hmm. like one of the you know purely women's places um, that we've experienced I mean I think I went there when I was like eight you know maybe 18 <laughs> snuck, snuck in um, yes just throughout so I think that that was like super detrimental mm-hmm. it was such a staple in our community mm-hmm. the Lex was like such a staple I don't even think that people can really understand like if you're outside of San Francisco like what the Lex meant to us <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> you know um, it was such a fun spot and I, you know funny story I think I may have talked about this is like I actually had my first date with my partner at the Lex so it was it was not supposed to happen we were not supposed to be like even going on a date but like we met up there and it was just i don't know like there's something about it it was magical yeah (laughs) it was a great bar you know it really was yeah yeah definitely um so you know as you're thinking about like this place and the importance of like lgbtq plus spaces and specifically like you know lesbian centric femme centric you know what do you or why do you think it is so important for us to have like our own space I mean, there's always, especially when I go out in the world, there's always a sense of like hypervigilance. You know, you're always worried, looking out, protecting, like just concerned. Um, And it's nice to not have to worry about that in places. And I think that what what happens is when you don't have to worry and be so vigilant, it allows you to grow and experience things that you never would have because you're just in such a state of like, just awareness you know yeah and so it's nice to be able to just not have to be so concerned so worried definitely yeah definitely yep um and now you see you know a lot of different uh well it's still not a plethora of bars by any means i think i last time i looked it was about 30 lesbian bars that are in the united states at this point the entire united states Mm -hmm. right and there's one that is actually getting a lot of fanfare um excuse the pun but it's the sports bra right it's like (laughs) sports and you know that's really interesting what do you think of you know a space like that I think that's great. I mean, we just had the Super Bowl and we were packed. Yes. It was, yeah. Yes. I think it's great. I think that, I love that. Yeah. I think we need as many spaces as we can get. Yeah. And it's interesting yeah. because like they only, they only play women's sports. Mm-hmm. Right. And women's sports is just so underfunded. It's undervalued. There's not as many media opportunities for women's sports. Now it's kind of taking off a little bit more. But it's really interesting to have a space that just caters to like women's sports and finding because it's so hard to find any women's sports Mm -hmm. on TV. And this is a space that like goes out of its way to Mm -hmm. like stream that. And obviously there's an audience. Yes. (laughs) Yes. That's the best part is that the people are showing up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So if you build the space, it's almost like they will come, right? Mm -hmm. Like that whole field of dreams reference. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was worried when I was thinking of opening this space that the newer generation didn't need it, that it wasn't necessary anymore. Yeah. You know, but they're here and they're showing up. 
The city has seen a lot of change, obviously, post-pandemic, obviously, you know, crime and all these things. Um, has that concerned you at all, like, in terms of, like, you know, what you've seen in the mission? Obviously, you're in a very prominent location. Um, used to be very, you know, uh, ethnically concentrated and, you know, things like the tech industry have obviously created, you know, some issues, I would say, around like true locals and you know people of color being able to live here artists um uh what do you think about that you mean the overall gentrification at the mission or yeah. like you know the the narrative of the crime yeah issue I, in san francisco yeah i think just all as a whole it has it affected your uh business or um just the flow of like you know folks wanting to come in and <laughs> i mean you know that's a that's a hard conversation i think that's a really long conversation to sort of peel back all the layers mm -hmm. for but i think that one of the reasons why you know women's spaces are having such a hard time all over the country is not necessarily the tech but it's it's the nature of sort mm -hmm. of capitalism and how hard it is for small businesses to survive and i think women's businesses are like the most fragile and so you're going to see all the women's businesses closing first and then you're going to notice all the small businesses having a really hard time um we've seen so many bars in the city close in the past two three years and i think that's just the beginning it's really hard and covid didn't help mm -hmm. and we're not recovered and the tech industry industry isn't going to save us it's not going to support us and um yeah it's a struggle yeah do you host uh events i've seen some nights like mm -hmm. uh a very interesting event happening on friday <laughs> hot goss girlfriend yeah <sighs> i love her <laughs> um it's awesome that you're um spotlighting other individuals i know that there's like a an evening where the ladies come in and um dance on the pole yes that's a new a new a new one <laughs> you know um and you know the the fun thing about that is it's providing a space for dancers that can't dance anywhere else yeah mm -hmm. you know that's the nice thing is that we have a space where they are fully supported it's amazing yeah awesome yeah and what do you think you know asia sf is another place that's mm -hmm. closing relatively yeah. soon so speaking about like entertainment and like fun and having a good time like what are your thoughts there again it's hard yeah. you know ev uh, you know everyone is struggling in the city yeah to just pay their rent um there's not a lot of fun exciting interesting things to go out this the city's a little bit quiet it's not what it used to be and so you know the the you know these places aren't seeing the kind of numbers that they need to say see to survive and to pay the pay the bills yeah. absolutely absolutely so less people coming out you know inflation mm -hmm. way more in terms of like rent and expenses yeah. and all of the things that kind of keep a bar going i think i was telling you before this like my parents were in the the restaurant and bar industry right and so it's such a hard business like when i was um playing golf professionally i used to you know moonlight as a bartender and it was so much fun but it was just like the cost uh -huh. the cost the of cost. like running a business and because obviously i was their child i had to like manage staff and do all these other things rather than just be the bartender i had to make sure the business was flowing as mm -hmm. well right and this is a good 10 years ago <laughs> i won't date it completely but i mean all of those costs have like just skyrocketed now yes yes absolutely um i just had a conversation today with my insurance guy and he said finding bar insurance right now the, the insurance companies are 
not supporting bars. And my insurance is my third business expense, biggest expense right now. Wow. It's insane. Wow. And it's maybe doubled in three years. And it's really hard to just get basic coverage. Um, you know, not to mention you're paying, you know, the, the high cost of real estate in this town, you know. I mean, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. you know, for folks that are listening, like, how do we keep establishments like this open and thriving? You just got to come out. Yeah. And we, we want to make that easy on you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Fun events and mm -hmm. great drinks. And, you know, this is still an affordable yeah. bar in San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the goal is, you know, we don't have a lot of expendable income. And um, I'm kind of, a you know kind of a dirtbag and kind of a you know a dive bar enthusiast uh, enthusiast and so yeah i want to be able to you know have quality tequila but also like some shitty beers <laughs> i love shitty beers i know right i'm yeah. all miller high life champagne <laughs> champagne of beers you know <laughs> feeling dirty one day and high class the next yeah i love it um yeah. let's get into some fun stuff like you know one of the things that we really pride ourselves is like being able to share um our coming out stories which is very important right um for people that either have a fear or they don't know or we talked about come out later in life like they've had a feeling that they've been different <laughs> um so tell us about your your story well i mean it's pretty boring <laughs> Did you I mean, know I you think were it's gay? very I, it's very similar to yours. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I knew something was off. You know, my whole life. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, your first crush, what age? Uh, well, I named my first dog after a girl in my first grade class. <laughs> that's That's different. Yeah. <laughs> that's cute. First kiss, what age? 14. Okay. Yeah. First yeah. girlfriend, 14. Okay. Uh-huh. Partner. I, uh, you could check off. Early, it's complicated. Early 20s. <laughs> early 20s. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you say to like, uh, it's always interesting to me, like uh, you come out to the bar and I remember being like in my early 20s and like trying to go find a lesbian bar to like meet people and just being like nervous. And of course I had to get a little bit shit faced to actually yeah. have that liquid courage. What advice do you give people that come to your, you know, come to mothers like looking to, <sighs> you know, meet who knows, maybe they're one. Right. Um, first off, in all of my establishments, I feel like it's really important to be warm and welcoming to anyone that walks in that door. Um, you know, we're all going, we don't know their story. We don't know how hard this was for them to even come here. Mm -hmm. And I think that everyone should be treated with kindness and openness. Um, yeah, I think that's important. And then the second thing is like, I don't, I don't know, just everything's gonna be okay just coming in <laughs> <laughs> you know uh we did a fun thing a couple months ago where we had a stoplight party do you know about that no mm -mm. Tell us and about it. you put on um a little uh glow in the dark little bracelet mm. uh red yellow or green and all the green bracelets were gone by the end of the night and green is like I'm available. Come talk to me. Come hang. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, wow. Yeah. What's yellow? Uh, yellow means caution. like, eh, yeah. It's a yeah. situation ship over yes, here. Yes, exactly. Proceed <laughs> with caution. Yes. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. So that was great. I did not expect that kind of a turnout. But it was That's awesome. Yeah. Did you have any reds? There are a few reds. Supporters. Yeah. I'm sure yeah, allies absolutely. of the people that are yeah. single. Okay. Yeah. I love that. We can be allies. <laughs> yeah. Well, all you can be an ally. I can be an ally. I right? might have to wear the two green. <laughs> yeah. Two green I'm wearing mats. the red, but you're wearing the green. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh so funny um so you know you talked a little bit about like the next generation and mm-hmm. and thinking about like maybe the space you know you didn't know if like other folks were gonna come but they have definitely been coming out and kind of supporting right mm-hmm. what do you hope for the next generation of queer folk i hope that they you know find the strength and the confidence i hope that they have an easier time than I had. Um, I hope that they don't have to deal with so much hate. You know, all the things. All the things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, um, too, because, you know, our spaces are, I mean, lack of better word, I'm going to say this, infiltrated by straight men in particular. Like, there's this whole thing that's going on with Cubbyhole in New York, yes. right? Uh-huh. And so it, it, it's kind of the infiltration of, like, straight men in particular coming to our spaces and, like, you know, have, giving us a hard time, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are your thoughts around, like, the things that are happening there or what you've heard about the Cubbyhole drama? Right. Um, I feel like this drama has been going on for forever. Um, there, you know, in researching all these... Uh, like bars of the past there was an article about who cares which is on hate street lower hate and it uh it was a newspaper article that talked about a couple of men a man in particular that was found outside the bar beat up and i guess the story was that he was in the bar and was asking the wrong women to dance and wouldn't leave them alone and then they found him outside the bar oh wow (laughs) and you know, I think that, so I think this has been a long-standing sort of topic of conversation. Um, if, you know, we do our best to protect the space. Um, and our door people have the hardest job. I mean, I've done it, you know, and it's not fun. It's not easy. Um, and they're telling people all the time that, you know, maybe you should find another bar to go to. Um, and it's a hard top. It's a hard conversation because the the men that definitely want to be in here are the ones that definitely don't want to find another bar, and they're usually the ones that end up causing a problem. Um, so yeah, it's it's a hard it's a hard balance we play. Yeah, it's, it's 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 complicated, you know, and you know the more straight like cis men we let in here the more the energy of the bar changes mm-hmm. and the safety bar the bar changes and the the feel of the bar is the it changes and then then people are wondering why there are men here and is this not a lesbian bar dyke bar and then they're disappointed and then the men are like well you know i mean it's a, no one wins mm-hmm. yeah. no one wins in this situation um and so you know a lot of times we kindly ask the men that maybe they can find another bar you know and just understand that they have access to all the bars yeah and we have access to just this one and when they come in it sort of takes away our space just a little bit it is really hard though i I feel like it's a how do you distinguish that right when somebody walks into a bar sometimes we come with our allies right like i remember so you know i have two siblings my sister's also a lesbian and it was very special to to us when my brother was like 
I want to go out with you guys. I want to support you. And on the flip side, right, him going to the restroom, getting harassed by women, like, why are you here? And him, like, almost in tears one day saying, like, I'm here for my sisters and we're having a good time. So it's like, it really is. It's a very hard conversation. Yeah, it really is. Um, And I think Cubbyhole, that incident did spark a lot of conversation Mm -hmm. about it that is really interesting. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that is the hardest thing about this bar is dealing with how to protect it. Yeah. 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 And on the flip side, right, like you have trans men, I'm sure, that are coming in as well. And they want to be able to, to be in this space. This is also a queer space and they want to be feel comfortable and like maybe they're cis passing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Come on in. Right. And Come it's hard. In. It's hard. Like, it is. Then you're, you know, that's another yeah. layer that, you know, your, yeah. your security has to kind of go through. It's yes. like, how- it's hard. I think, you know, um, you know, it's like you want to be ex- inclusive, but you don't want to like, you know, m- you know, make people feel uncomfortable. I think it's there's a balance, right? If you start to see like there's some type of disrespect or like, mm, I think at that point it's appropriate to be like, yeah, you got to find another bar, like you yeah. said. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you know, back in the day when I did used to go out, we went to the cafe all the time. Mm-hmm. Like you and I we went to the cafe. And I remember there were so many situations that I can think back on in the cafe as like a femme presenting person where like men you know cis straight men were trying to pick up on me and that's i didn't realize it in the beginning like i was like oh they're just allies they're just here to be allies right <laughs> and then a totally naive and dumb like 20 year old they were like no and really being aggressive to like mm-hmm. take me home with their you know girlfriend yeah. um and it's that dynamic mm-hmm. that throws off now like your bar your experience your feeling because like to me i did not feel safe and so i felt like i needed to leave that space the cafe being a very queer club in mm-hmm. the castro mm-hmm. uh, but it's it's like that's what we're kind of talking about here is like yeah. how do we keep the space safe how do you, yes yeah it's 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 a difficult it's a it's an it's a dance yes we do it yeah every day it's a it's a hard one yeah um, where can folks find you like what uh if they want more information they want to come hang out sounds like you know you guys are open 4 p.m to 12 midnight mostly every day uh, yeah or earlier okay. and later on, I like the, that. on the fun days i'm all us 40 year olds like that yeah. you came here for pride i did I did. So we've talked about this bar already because mm-hmm. you came here for Pride and you had some like inc- you, not in, oh, good incident, yes. not bad incident, good incident. Meeting it, some, yeah, it cute. I, I know. I was like, oh, I'm getting hit on. I forgot what that felt like. <laughs> Shut up. That um, is not true. It, no, it was it was cute. I had a really great time and stuff, and we embraced outside of the bar. So <laughs> that's my memory of Pride at Mother Bar. <laughs> I had a great time. Yeah. Um, awesome. Your, your handle on Instagram. Uh, Mother Bar SF Mother Bar SF And your address Where can people come Show up um, We expect everybody To come through Yes we do 30796 16th Street Awesome Between yep. Valencia And Mission Street mm-hmm. Alright yeah. And there's a BART stop Right here So Absolutely you know, yeah. Public you transportation You don't lift, need nothing Uber yes. Get mm-hmm. your ass out here Absolutely Let's keep this place open And running for a long <laughs> Long time Yeah all right, folks. Well, Malia, thank you so much for joining the show Absolutely. today. I really appreciated having your insights here. That was so painless. Oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you for the thank amazing you. tequila. Absolutely. I, I feel like I could ask you 2,500 more questions right now. With this tequila flowing? Yes, we're in the right spot yeah. here, Pilo. <laughs> awesome. Well, if you guys want to check out uh, Malia Mother's uh, Bar in San Francisco, you have questions, please send us an email to uh, Shot of, Cult- Shot of Culture Podcast at 
gmail.com uh, we'll get you connected send you the address um, they have some fun activities and you know stuff going on throughout the week so um, I'm particularly curious about the strip pole night just well we'll for, be back we're gonna be here we'll today be you know celebrating Valentine's yeah. Day it's the day that we're recording but yes. we're gonna be back in, in the building here for sure yeah. so awesome definitely alright so great. thank you so much thank you that's your shot of culture for today we'll see you next time thanks guys Thank you.